4: Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything.
1: This is John Middlecoff from 3 and Out with John Middlecoff. Superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time. Or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Hey, if you guys like to cook outdoors and you oughta, you should check out the Weber Slate Rust Resistant Griddle. So this is a carbon steel cooktop that's safe for metal tools. It's pre-seasoned with food safe oils and ready to cook on right out of the box. It's the griddle that stays ready, not rusty. This griddle heats evenly, edge to edge, reaching all the way up to 500 degrees. Get fired up for your new Weber Slate rust-resistant griddle.
2: This is Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre.
4: What is up, Straight Fire fam? It's me jason mcintyre straight fire for monday october 31st happy halloween to everybody can't wait to go trick-or-treating tonight a block party or two in my area should be fun probably have a couple adult beverages watch brown's Bengals on my phone While the kids are getting as many horrible gummy bears as possible, skittles, blow pops, the whole shebang. I love Halloween. Not necessarily dressing up as much. It was fun to dress up when I was like, you know, single for five minutes in my in my twenties, and and be in New York City for Halloween. It was awesome. Now it's a kids thing, and you know the adults have some fun. But I do like stealing the candy. Obviously, I'm a sugar guy for sure. I don't know about tonight's game. I, I like. Halloween obviously takes precedence over Browns, Bengals, but I'll say this, Sunday in the NFL, oh my gosh. The chaos from my Jets getting slaughtered and Zach Wilson looking very, very bad to the Rams going down, to the Packers covering but losing. Another chaotic Sunday. I mean, you could basically wash, rinse, repeat. Every Sunday in the NFL is crazy. Yes, I'm going to talk about DJ Moore taking off his helmet, and Carolina losing. I have to bring that up. That is a legitimate topic. No, I'm probably not going to cover the Arizona Cardinals, who I loved as a bet this week, totally blowing the game against the Vikings. I'm angry. Rob G. eventually will get into his Raiders getting blanked. Yes, blanked. 24-0 by the Saints. That might be the most shocking score of the weekend. Um, Maybe the most shocking stat would be Malik Willis starting for Ryan Tannehill. Malik Willis. Did, I don't know if you guys saw this. He threw one pass in the second half. And they still won the game. I do want to start with a team that we talk about often on this podcast. They're a frequent topic on the herd. But maybe because they're California-based. But what I saw from the San Francisco 49ers. I took a lot of heat last week when I put out you know, my tears. And I had San Francisco at the in the top tier. Despite getting their butts kicked by the Chiefs. And... You know, I said, this is a San Francisco team, guys, that is very much live to get to the NFC Championship with the addition of Christian McCaffrey. This team has, obviously, the talent. There's no question about that. But the coaching is there, and when they're healthy, this Niners team's going to pop. Well, you know what your boy did. So, you know, I'm in that $3 million contest for him, whatever the number is in Vegas. And, of course, you have to get your picks in Saturday. And... I start seeing some rumblings that, well, Debo Samuel, doubtful all week, probably not going to play. Kyle Juszczyk, the instrumental fullback, he's not going to play. Oh, man, they're missing like three starters on defense? Holy cow, I think I'm going to go with the Rams. I think McVay can do it. Coming off the bye, 49ers heading into the bye. We even talked about it on Friday's podcast. I felt good. The money moved my way. We Closed pick'em. The Rams were, I think, two-point dogs, one-and-a-half for much of the week. Rams take an early lead. They got this 17-play drive. The Rams are looking good. Well, then Christian McCaffrey, the guy who they traded for, takes over the game. Folks, McCaffrey, first player in 17 years to throw a touchdown, catch a touchdown, and rush for a touchdown. I saw this incredible interview where I think it was Shanahan or the offensive coordinator was talking about how that play came to be And they said, in the middle of the week, Kyle Shanahan goes, has McCaffrey ever thrown a touchdown pass? So, of course, the video team goes combing through, and they find that he has thrown one in his life. What do they do? They install the play. It catches the Rams totally by surprise. Just a stroke of genius. And even without Debo Samuel, they rolled through the Rams in the second half. It was an absolute bloodbath. The Rams did not score in the second half. The 49ers peel off 21 straight. Folks, listen. I had buddies at the game texting me. This is a sea of 49ers fans. And we knew that was going to be the case at SoFi. The NFC Championship game, I maintain, was like 60-40 Rams fans. Maybe 65-35. But this was a regular season game. 49ers fans came out. And folks, it, it was a little embarrassing. Stafford... I thought looked good for much of the game, but the problem is that pocket collapses. They cannot run the football. I mean, raise your hand if you've ever heard of Ronnie Rivers. Who the hell is that? He was your lead back. The longest carry the Rams had all game, six yards. (laughs) What? Cam Akers is done. They're hoping to trade him here in the next, what, 48 hours before the trade deadline. And Cooper Cup, this pissed me off about McVay. Cooper Cup, who is a fantasy juggernaut. If you guys play in keeper leagues, Cooper Cup's been on our team for years because he's awesome. So I'm like a huge Cooper Cup fan. Follow him on the gram. Have him on my fantasy team. Cooper Cup's in the game down 17 with two minutes left. They go, run, run. Hey, let's throw a wide receiver screen to Cooper Cup. What? They roll up his ankle. Cup is down, and then he eventually walks off, and it's like, oh, my gosh. You come out of the bye? If this team loses Cooper Cup, I think the Rams are like a five-win team. That's how bleak this is. Now, Allen Robinson did look good in stages of that game. He had a couple nice catches. He had a really dumb penalty for for talking trash to someone on the Niners. But, uh, you know, that, that play really, really ticked me off. And ultimately, the Rams look bad. The 49ers look like a team. Hey, if... They're going to the NFC Championship game at Philadelphia. Who are you taking in that? If both teams are healthy, I'm sorry. I gotta go Niners. I mean, you're probably gonna be uh, you know, maybe a slight underdog. I don't even know. I mean, this is a San Francisco offense that is a machine with Shanahan. The defense is filthy. Now, I know the Eagles look great. They destroy the Steelers as expected. AJ, I have Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown on my fantasy team, and just watching them in the first half. AJ Brown. Looked like Megatron out there against the Steelers. Three easy touchdowns. That game was over. But I, it's funny. I, after that Rams loss, I'm like, geez, Rams lose. Buccaneers lost Thursday. Then later last night, I watched the Packers lose. Folks, I looked at the NFC playoff situation. This is crazy. I, three. One of two things is going to happen. One of the Rams, Packers, or Bucks is going to miss the playoffs. That's for sure. One of those three is missing it. I think it's probably going to be the Rams, given the schedule, is very tough. It's possible that two of the Rams, Packers, and Bucks miss the playoffs. That's a real thing that could happen. Now, what helps the Bucks is they're in the weakest division. I'll say, i just put this in as an aside. Keep an eye on the Saints. You remember in the preseason, I talked about the Saints. I had them as a wild card pick. What they've done the last couple of weeks, kind of impressive. I know they did lose to Arizona, but they moved the ball at will. I was like, oh, on the road? Short week? Andy Dalton? No receivers? Okay. They did have the pick sixes and the turnovers. That's fine. But what translates is the ability to move the ball easily. They did that against the Raiders, and their defense is starting to come too. Now, well, they're going to add Lattimore back, add Thomas, add Olave. Folks, keep an eye on the Saints. That being said... Here is what the NFC playoff picture is starting to look like. The Eagles are going to be the number one seed. If you want a good laugh, go look at the upcoming quarterbacks the Eagles play as they are now seven and zero atop the NFC. If you, I mean, if you're if you're up for a morning, Monday morning laugh, these are the QBs that this nasty Eagles defense is going to face this week. It is Davis Mills on Thursday Night Football. What is it, two touchdown underdogs? Maybe more? I, I don't know. I mean, it's in Houston, so it's probably not more than that. But Houston is an abomination. Worst team in the league. Philadelphia will crush Davis Mills. After that, they get extended, like a double extended break because they get the Thursday game, and then they don't play until Monday at home against Washington. Washington's surging a little bit under Taylor Heineke, but good luck. They'll be favored. So they play Davis Mills, then Taylor Heineke, then not Matty Ice, Sam Ellinger. So the Eagles are going to be 10-0. Barring some craziness, the Eagles are going to be 10-0. Then they do have Aaron Rodgers, then they face Derrick Henry. Notice how I say Derrick Henry, not the quarterback. Ha ha, ha. And then it's Giants, Bears, Cowboys, Saints. I'm not going to get into the can the Saints go undefeated? Uh, can the Eagles go undefeated? Nonsense. But they're going to be the number one seed. The number two seed will be the Minnesota Vikings. Again, that's a team that has not looked incredible. They continue to win one-score games. I maintain the Cardinals with the right side. I would have bet them again. But Minnesota is now 6-1. and one. Minnesota, schedule gets a little tougher. They do have to face Buffalo-Dallas, uh, a game against uh, Belichick. Never easy. But again, facing the Jets, facing Washington. Colts are really bad. I, I think the Vikings are pretty much a lock for number two. Dallas, I would say, is three. I think that Dallas will ultimately pass the Giants, who lost. I think the 49ers will be four just because they've got some ground to make up. Maybe they get three. And then the NFC South champion, Saints, Bucks, Falcons, I don't know. Five. So now you've got three wildcard spots. And I know there's already some Seattle Seahawks fans yelling at me, Jay, 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 we're winning the West. No, you're not. You are not winning the West. The Niners are. So the wild card teams will be probably Seattle. They, they look good. I'm going to be shaving the Seahawks insignia on in the side of my head. by family doesn't know it yet, but Seahawks look like they're going to finish over 500. And then there's one more wild card. So who's it going to be, Giants or Commanders? And that's when it's like, Jay, you forgot about the Rams, Packers, and Bucks. And I'm like, listen, guys, they got a, these teams have a lot of work to do. The Green Bay Packers are desperate to trade for a receiver. Okay? This is a Green Bay team that lost on his first catch like two minutes into the game, Christian Watson, the rookie, concussion. He got knocked out. It's weird, man. You start to see these receivers catch passes, receivers, tight ends, running backs. They go down head first, and it's, like, scary. I mean, Watson instantly was, like, out. The Buffalo guy drills him, look like, with a knee to the head on accident. Calls over to the bench, and he's, like, never really mentioned again. It's just like, all right, he's out of there. So by the end of the game on Sunday Night Football, Aaron Rodgers is thrown to some dude. I've never even heard of him. I see the pass to 83, I'm like, wait a sec, Alan Lazard's not playing. I have to scramble to see number 83 is somebody named Toure. T-O-U-R-E. No clue. Romeo Dobbs had a nice catch. Like, if the Packers don't try to ante up with DJ Moore, Brandon Cooks, or something, they're doing a disservice to Aaron Rodgers. Because I'm just telling you right now, the way things are headed in the NFC. And there, of course, there's always injuries and things can change. But this is on track for Rams, Packers, Bucks, two of those three to miss the playoffs. Now, Rob G has a steaming Packers take that I don't totally agree with. But, Rob, if I had to ask you of those three, Rams, Packers, and Bucks, who's most likely to miss the playoffs? Who you got? The Green Bay Packers.
1: Ooh, spicy and, and, over the Rams. Huh? And
3: this is a, a pleasant little dovetail into what my overall opinion of them is. Having watched them last night, every snap of that game, the Green Bay Packers, to me, are the NFL equivalent of the Los Angeles Lakers. The suddenly streaking Los Angeles Lakers, by the way, quick tangent: they got their first win of the week of the season last night. So yeah,
4: yeah we'll, we'll talk about, about to it go seventy-seven. We'll, we'll, I, I do need to go three minutes on the Lakers at the end of the 77 podcast. Seventy-seven and five, it's
3: coming. I can feel it. Seven, <laughs> seven, <laughs>
4: but uh, no,
3: seriously, look, the Green Bay Packers, as you alluded to, it's painfully obvious to anybody who even casually watches football that they don't have enough to compete, that it was clear last season, devonte the reason why Devonte Adams got so many passes and targets and, and why they lost in the, the division rounds to the Niners because Aaron Rodgers had to force it to Devonte Adams instead of taking it to Alan Zard over the middle is because he was the only receiver you could actually trust on that team. So there was no point in even looking at Alan Lazard because you all knew that Devontae Adams was first, second, and third option. He's gone, and now they don't have anybody outside of Aaron Jones you can count on to actually do anything
4: with the football you can't count on Sammy Watkins? No. <laughs> I, I don't know. He might have got hurt or pulled a hamstring. He had one target, one catch, three yards. That was it. Yeah. I, di- I
3: didn't see a report. Did he leave injured? I, I didn't see anything like that either. Um, I just think he went full Sammy Watkins, you know, where the idea of Sammy Watkins is better than the actual player. And it's clear that they don't have enough. That It's clear that they need help on the outside. And yet, year in and year out, the Green Bay Packers just don't, address their biggest needs ever they just they just don't do that they've needed a, a receiver for what three or four years now even when Devontae Adams was there it was like hey who's the number two we well, we don't have one this is going to be Devontae and then Devontae to the left and then Devontae in the slot and then whatever so much like the Lakers who despite their win last night it's clear they don't have enough to, to win a championship they don't have enough to really compete with the upper echelon teams in the league and they need to make a trade whether it's trading Westbrook, whatever. That's probably the best and only way to do it. But they need to do something if they really want to be serious about competing. The Packers are the same way. And they sit on their hands and twiddle their thumbs. And they're just wasting a year of a Hall of Fame caliber talent. First ballot guy, Aaron Rodgers, much like the Lakers are wasting another year of LeBron James and Anthony Davis because they are just too stubborn to do what everyone knows they need to do which is make a
4: move. I, I think my guess is that they're going to do something. I did see a report from Jay Glazer on Sunday, right? So remember, the Niners add Christian McCaffrey. The Eagles add Robert Quinn. He didn't play much on Sunday. I think he might have had one tackle for loss or, or a pressure or something. But again, eventually Robert Quinn is going to have a game where he does something, right? These are two of the Super Bowl favorites, two of the five best teams in the league. Buffalo was calling the Saints about Alvin Kamara. Buffalo is the best team in the league. Okay, That doesn't mean they're going to win the Super Bowl, but they're calling to try to upgrade. Everybody's constantly trying to improve and constantly trying to get better, right? The Packers are going to do nothing, Rob? I I fail to see that. I think Cooks will be in play, I think, for them. Um I would not be shocked if they took a flyer on Elijah Moore from the Jets or Denzel Mims. Again, those guys aren't game changers, but they're warm bodies. Um, You have to wonder if a team like the Detroit Lions, uh, where Dan Campbell, who everybody loves, are the Detroit Lions. They're not going to part with St. Brown, obviously. But do they look around the roster and say, listen, we're looking to add any kind of picks we can for next year. We've still got a lot of frigging work to do on our rebuild. You know, Uh, Does anybody have any interest in, I don't know, Josh Reynolds? Again, not a game changer, but this guy's he's a solid receiver. Um, I I would even offer Khalif Raymond. Khalif Raymond is a small guy, but he can make plays. He's got some speed. Remember, they have Jamison Williams coming back, the rookie they drafted out of Alabama. He's supposed to emerge sometime in November, and DJ Shark will come off the IR. So Detroit will have a glut. If you could pick up picks if you're Detroit, you got to absolutely do it. Detroit, by the way, fought hard. Uh lost to the um, Miami Dolphins. I know people are get so geeked about Tua's performance. I'm like, bro, it's the Lions. Like Mac uh not Mac Jones, Bailey Zappi look competent against the Lions. Settle down. Um but yeah, Rob, they have to they have to make some kind of move. I wouldn't be shocked if the Rams made a move. You know? Yeah, yeah. The, the, Rams do not look like a team that's ready for the Super Bowl. I will say this. It sounds like Jay Glazer also had some other reports that um the wide receivers for the Broncos are not going to be going anywhere. Now, remember Hamler had been visibly frustrated with Russell Wilson on the field. He then stood up for him on the plane with the workout nonsense going to London. There are some reports about Jerry Judy being unhappy. Cortland Sutton, I believe had one catch for 13 yards, uh, four targets, but Russ is your guy. I don't know that you want to dump Sutton or Judy you know, those are game. I, I mean, those are like really, really talented guys. That being said, next year you have Tim Patrick coming back. Um, but you're not going to have picks because you traded him for Russ to, to like get a mid-round receiver. Like you gave up a lot of picks and I'm not sure, Rob. I don't, I don't know if any of those guys would become available. But another team to keep an eye on, given the injuries, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, I, I, I would expect the Chargers to be kicking the tires. They have a quarterback on the rookie deal. And if you want to be a good team and and get your fans excited and consider a playoff run, you got to be making moves. Um, there is nobody on Chicago worth uh, going after. I, I don't think – I mean, is Darnell Mooney? Is, will anybody go after him? I, I can't imagine that. Um, the other team, Rob, to keep an eye on is the uh, Indianapolis Colts. They lose a heartbreaker. They've essentially punted on the season. It sounds like Urse wants a soft tank to see what they have out of this quarterback. I mean, you're not giving up Michael Pittman, and I don't want to go through every roster in the league, but at some point, you know, like, Paris Campbell has kind of flashed here recently. He's quick. He can do some gadget stuff. I think they like Pierce a lot. Kiki Kutay can barely get on the field because Pierce and uh, Campbell have passed him. Uh, listen, if you're a GM out there, like you, like the Green Bay Packers, like the Rams, you've got to be making moves. Appar- when is the trade deadline, Rob? Is, it's I think tomorrow. it's November, fir- November is it t- 1st. Is it yeah. October 30th? Tomorrow. Okay. Wait, yeah, so tomorrow, uh, so Tuesday, I think it's like 4 p.m., right? Yes. Eastern or uh, Yeah, yes. yeah, okay. So they've got some time, but like there, there's some teams in need here, man. Um Yeah, I mean, another look, look,
3: team, look I I I'd hate to even suggest I this think. that, you know, my my Raiders, why wouldn't someone call we, Green Bay called about him uh in the off season. It was going to be part of that Devonte Adams deal, but it got squashed. Darren Waller what happened to him, yeah, I mean, He's hurt three straight he's, he's weeks out with the happened. hamstring, and you know, they thought he might play on Sunday, and he didn't. So I'm going to say that's the reason why we lost 24 uh, nothing. But you know the, the Raiders are obviously going nowhere fast. Uh, even if they go on this you know four or five-game winning streak or whatever, they're still maybe not even in the playoff picture in the AFC. So if you're Green Bay, why wouldn't you kick the tires on, on, on any team that is disappointing at this point midway through the season? You have to consider unloading guys. It's just, yeah. it's just the reality of, of the way the NFL works.
0: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings.
1: Go to tirerack.com slash Colin to see their Michelin test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's tirerack.com slash Colin. Tirerack.com, the way tire buying should be.
2: This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
4: So the Raiders last year, we know they got to the playoffs with a negative point differential. Yes. They fired Gruden over that email nonsense. They bring in this guy, Rich Basaccia. I hope I'm saying that correctly. He's the interim coach. He gets them to the playoffs. They pushed the Bengals. They nearly had a chance to win. I think they stalled at like the three-yard line or something. They bring in Josh McDaniels. They're now 2-5. and five. I mean, they were an embarrassment coming out. Did they have a bye last week?
3: No, last week they blew the doors off the Texans, and we all That's thought were back. That's right. They, they crushed the Texans, yeah.
4: right? People were excited. You come to New Orleans, which is missing a ton of players, and you just get de Alvin Kamara had not scored all season. He had three touchdowns like I I don't it, it was like a gutless effort from the Raiders and it's funny because I had talked to someone who had said you know have you been following this Josh McDaniel stuff I'm like what He's like there's some issues there in 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 Vegas it it's a mini powder keg they're not good McDaniel's is like not happy I I don't I mean you know McDaniel's team with Jimmy G in New England right do you see a, f- a scenario where McDaniels, maybe to save his job, says, listen, I-, I didn't really want Derek Carr. He's not my guy. Can you get me Jimmy G? And we can ship Carr to, I don't know, whoever needs a quarterback. I mean, hell, listen, I, I don't love the idea, but the Jets are kind of close. And they just don't have a quarterback. Uh, sorry, Zach Wilson. I mean, do the Jets say, okay, yeah, will we'll- Come get Derek Carr. Like, there, there's got to be something happening when you go playoffs to 2-5 and five with a new coach. I, I don't know, Rob. Something seems very off there.
3: Yeah, I mean, something seemed off basically from the beginning of the season. Like, there, there's nothing about Josh McDaniels that inspires confidence in Raider fans. And 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 I don't think I'm speaking out of turn when I say I represent all Raider fans in that regard. Like, he is just a guy. Like, they, there's... A, the, the offense hasn't been explosive enough where you're willing to look past all the other shortcomings. Like, Hunter Renfro was in consideration to be one of the top slot receivers in football.
4: Third and Renfro, And bro. then all
3: of a sudden, he's not even, like, used at all. Devontae Adams, he's having an okay season, but not a Devontae Adams-level season. You know what I mean? Like,
4: yeah.
3: It, it's just, it's disappointing. I mean, I can't say I'm shocked that they lost 24 nothing because this is what the Raiders do. Like, Here, they always yeah. lay an egg at least two or three times a season when you think they're in, you get a little bit good about yourself and then they just fall apart.
4: So, I, I have, you know, my whole spreadsheet of information. Um, Devontae Adams in the first half against no Marshawn Lattimore. Three targets, zero catches. One carry, negative one yards. Now, he was sick all week. I don't know if you want to give him a pass. I don't know how much he practiced. Total non-factor. The Raiders didn't get into New Orleans territory, Rob. Not even the red zone, just New Orleans territory. Until the final two minutes of the game, and that was with a backup quarterback. Bro, that that was as gutless as a performance as I've seen all season. Now, let's talk about the Jets. I wanted to wait, make you guys wait about 20, 25 minutes. <sighs> I didn't want to come in too hot and just, you know, fire on all cylinders. So... Jets are up 10-3 second quarter. They get a big stop. Zach Wilson throws a dumbass interception. And it's like, oh, what are you doing? You know, there's less than a minute left. This is just like exactly why the Jets don't let Zach Wilson throw the football. They win with running and defense. You know who they look a lot like, Rob? The Tennessee Titans. They just don't have Derrick Henry. They had Brees Hall, and they would just play defense, play the special teams game. With special teams was dog shit on Sunday. Um, and the Jets would limited quarterback play. That was their path to victory. So Zach throws that interception, and you're like, all right, the Patriots, are. they might get a touchdown, they we'll might probably get a field goal for sure. And then Mac Jones does a Mac Jones thing. He throws a pick six. Uh, LaMarcus Joyner, who had had a rough start to the season, steps in front of a pass 80 yards to the house. I am going bonkers, Rob. I'm doing the dance where you're like doing high knees like Russell Wilson and the windmill with my arm, like going around the family room. My dog perks up. Buddy's like, what, 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 what's happening? What? And like, I'm just going crazy. And then you know how you're watching the game and you just wait, you just wait, and then you see the flag. And this is like an ongoing theme in the NFL this year. A play a big play happens and you gotta wait like a second two maybe two and a half and you gotta wait for the flag I see flag I'm like all right illegal block like he was in the he was in the open what's the flag what's the flag roughing the passer on the big kid in the middle um Franklin Myers so just to recap for like 10 seconds 15 seconds the jets were leading 16-3. The extra point would have made it 17-3 right before halftime. That is your dagger. Jets would be 6-2. Ain't no way in hell Mac Jones is coming back from down 14. No shot. But roughing the passer negates it. Patriots get a field goal. Patriots get the ball versus second half. Right down the field, touchdown. Patriots lead, ball game. They ballgame. And that's when Zach Wilson pretty much imploded. 2 brutal interceptions. He did not get pulled, which is, I guess, a nice thing for his confidence. And, you know, I have this in my notes, and I and I mentioned I was going to say this to Rob. So the 2021 draft class has now had a season and a half. Okay? Trevor Lawrence went first. Zach Wilson went second. Trey Lance went third. I mean, he's only had like five games because of injuries. Justin Fields was the fourth. Mac Jones was the fifth. All five taken in the first first round. If I was to say to you right now, who has looked like the best quarterback prospect through a season and a half? Oh, you can definitely cross off Trey Lance. He's not that guy, okay? You can cross off Zach Wilson. It's not him. And again, this is just a season and a half. Mac Jones was good last year. I mean, okay, he was above average. I'll I'll say that, you know. Last year, they got to the playoffs. They got smoked by Buffalo, blah, blah, blah. It ain't Mac Jones. For me, it comes down to Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence. And, folks, it's very limited because, I mean, hell, Thursday, three weeks ago, Justin Fields looked like doo-doo, although he did move the Bears into Washington territory. They just imploded in the red zone. But the last two weeks— are just about as good as I think Mac Jones has ever looked, Zach Wilson has ever looked, and maybe Trevor Lawrence, because Justin Fields, now that he's been unlocked with this running game, you know they got a rookie OC in there. I think Fields. it's early. This stuff changes on a whim. I think Fields might be the best prospect, given how poorly Lawrence has sagged a little bit. I'm not. I'm not selling my Trevor Lawrence stock. I still. I'm a big time believer. But I, bottom line is it's not Zach Wilson, and it's, it's extremely disappointing, and I know he didn't have his offensive line, and he was under heavy duress. Um, I think he was hit uh, like seven times, and the, the problem is when you're, when you're losing like he is, he's trying to extend plays by escaping the pocket and running toward the sideline, and then he's trying to make something happen. And he made it happen in the first half with a nice touchdown pass, a key third down pass. Like he looked solid. You're like, all right, good Zach. And then they fall behind and Belichick kind of confuses him a little bit. And he's lobbing shit over the middle. And he tried to throw one away and couldn't even do that. It like, it was picked on the sideline. And it's like, listen, it's just dispiriting. So now the Jets are five and three. And you're like, ah, Jason, it's not the end of the world. Well, except now they they got to they got to host Buffalo. Buffalo, the best team in the league. I mean, if I asked you to guess what the spread is, would you? It has to be north of fourteen, right, Rob? What would you guess? Don't look, Rob. Mm. Now the Jets are at home, but Buffalo was was favored at home by ten and a half against Green Bay. Green Bay was favored at home against the Jets by I don't know 4. I take I think
3: 12 and a half is the
4: number. I'm not looking. Oh my gosh, that's got to be light. I'm looking now and the uh, it's not out here on this one. I'll have to go to another one. But I don't know, Rob, like I don't know how much Zach Wilson you watched, but like it, it's just it's it, it was not good in the second half. Did you watch any of it?
3: I watched a little bit of it. You know, I try to wa- I mean the Raiders, I'm locked in, obviously, but I have my eye on other games during stoppages and play things like that. And look, I'm just looking at the box score. I think that was a huge story about this game. The Jets outgained the Patriots by 100 yards. The Jets held the Patriots to 6 of 19 on third down. Yeah. The Jets sacked Mac Jones six times.
4: Mac Jones is terrible.
3: And they blew the game. Because Zach Wilson's three
4: turnovers
3: yep. were the difference, and that
4: pick, I, I go back to that pick six though, Rob. And I know nobody cares. It's a flag, Jason. This happens all the time. Bullshit. This seventeen to three—that would have been ball game. And these these roughing the passer calls—I don't want to go on a rant and say we need to review all of them, but we might. You know, <laughs> we might need to review. Like the Jets' defensive game plan was just awesome. I mean, the Patriots could do nothing. Mac Jones looks like a below-average quarterback. He didn't throw for two hundred yards. Average five point five yards a pop. Like th- th- that offense is uh, nothing. I mean, Stevenson had a decent game, but they are not a good football team. anyway, I've well, I, too much I do about I the do Jets.
3: have the odds though on Bills at Jets next week, according Amazing. to Caesar Sportsbook. Uh, very early here on Monday morning, Bills minus eleven and a half.
4: Oh my gosh. god! Be kidding me. <laughs> Listen, Jets defense is good, but the Bills pressure. Jets' weak offensive line? Um, I, I'm very curious to see Sauce Gardner against Stephon Diggs. I haven't seen the ISO numbers yet. They usually come out like Tuesday. Uh, Sauce Gardner did a great job. He did not give up the touchdown to uh, Jacoby Myers. Jets were in some dumbass zone inside the 10. And and uh, I think Sauce handed him off to to the safety. You guys don't really care. Um, it's just disappointing. And now their shots of making the playoffs much more... Long than they were before uh, this, when it was 17-3 Jets. For Still like, better than the Raiders. What does that mean? you got better playoff odds than the Raiders, just saying. Uh, all right, so I know this topic uh, was super hot on social media on Sunday. Scenario. I gave out Panthers. It was looking great. Then the Falcons kicked that field goal. It's like, oh, my gosh, what a brutal non-cover. And then P.J. Walker pulls some stuff out of his rear end. I mean, Patrick Mahomes called it the greatest pass of the season. P.J. Walker, former XFL quarterback, who was the fourth stringer for the Panthers back in August, unfurls, uh, I think, 70-yard pass. It was a 62-yard touchdown, but he was behind the line of scrimmage. Like a Hail Mary. And D.J. Moore just runs by the linebacker and, I think, the safety in some joke of a coverage from the Falcons. We called that. We said the Falcons secondary is a mash unit. Bet on the Panthers. So what happens? DJ Moore catches an incredible touchdown. They tie the game. The whole the whole team runs down the field. It's like one of the greatest plays I don't know of the season. It was that special. So DJ Moore in the end zone rips off his helmet and is just jaw jacking, like just so pumped up. And, And I could understand it. You know, you guys have played sports. You know what it's like. Can you imagine? Like I hit a three pointer in a rec league game and I'm flexing. No, okay, fine. I'm not. Maybe I'm not. But it's fun. You celebrate. These are sports. You celebrate the joyous moments. Taking off your helmet might have been a bridge too far. But again, you catch a Hail Mary pass with like 15 seconds left? Come on. So he took off his helmet. He's flagged 15 yards. You push uh, the kicker back 15 yards. So you know what happens. The kicker misses the extra point. Pushed it. Well, they go to overtime. Mariota, I think, throws an interception. Panthers have another chance. Field goal kicker, misses it. Falcons come down, get the field goal. Falcons beat the Panthers. Panthers do cover the number. So everybody wants to blame DJ Moore for the loss. And I'm just here to tell you, yes, DJ Moore made a mistake by ripping off his helmet. I think it's an understandable mistake. This is a Panthers franchise that had nothing to cheer about. They fired their coach. They traded their best player. They're starting an XFL guy, four-string quarterback. Like, give me a break. They had reason to be super geeked. That play was incredible. He made a mistake. You're telling me a kicker can't make an extra point when you add 15 yards? It's not like he's kicking from 50. It's not like the field goal in overtime was 50. They, that kicker had two chances. You want to blame anybody? Blame the kicker for missing an extra point after the penalty and then the field goal. DJ Moore made a mistake. He's not the reason the Panthers lost that game. I don't want to hear that crap. I think that is way, way wrong. Yes, he screwed up, as many players do. Trayvon Walker. Remember, remember when I got on his case when Jacksonville? He had that idiotic sack. Like late hit, threw the quarterback down when the penalty play was blown dead and the team ended up driving down the field and scoring, that was on Trayvon Walker because it extended the series, the defense couldn't get a stop, boom, game over. Obviously, the rest of the defense is somewhat to blame, but the game was over if Trayvon Walker doesn't make that boneheaded mistake. This, you can't automatically say the kicker's going to make the extra point because he missed an extra point with 15 yards at it. And then he missed a field goal. So I'm sorry, Rob. I can't blame DJ Moore. He he screwed up, but he's not the reason the Panthers lost that game. I, I hope you're not going that way. No, I, I totally agree with you. And I think that the
3: NFL, I mean, this is a problem across all sports, but in the NFL specifically, there's got to be some kind of common sense when it pertains to these sort of calls. Like we saw the roughing the passer was a big thing a couple of weeks ago. And it's clear that these guys are not intending to slam a guy. It's just they're making a tackle and, and, you know, 300-pound dude's moving that fast. Sometimes it looks worse than what it is. Common sense tells you he's not trying to body slam a guy. The DJ Moore at that critical juncture of a game, he's not yelling at the opposition. He's not showboating up the, the, the sideline or the coaching staff. I think he's yelling at, like, fans in the third row. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. who cares? Did did he delay the game at all with that? No, it didn't. It didn't cause any issue whatsoever with what was actually going to happen between those white lines. So the NFL, that's definitely something that they need to look at in the off season. If you are going to have flag football, which is kind of what they want, you have to at least allow some of this stuff because because otherwise it, it's it's. What is it's like businessmen playing flag football like that's not <laughs> what you want it's not what the NFL yeah. built its brand and its popularity off of it was big hits big plays big personalities and they're doing uh-huh. everything they can to limit all three of those things
4: hey by the way Panthers fans are ticked because they could have been in first place yeah that win. the foul instead the Falcons um, xFL legend first place. PJ Walker xFL legend um so I think that pretty much wraps up the NFL or anything. I mean, I guess we, Titans fans are going to be like, Jay, you're always giving us a short shrift. L- listen, I said I wanted to take Titans. Tannehill gets out. I'm like, I'm not taking them. All the sharps were on Houston because Tennessee's not good. Like, Tennessee it, it basically ran for over 300 yards. Derrick Henry has now four straight games over 200 yards uh, against the Texans. I think the Texans are the worst team in the league, but the Detroit Lions are not far behind, guys. All they do is blow leads. Dan Campbell loves to be close, but no cigar guy. I mean, it, it has to be so brutal being a Lions fan. I, I got a couple of buddies uh, who text me when it's just like, this is what the Lions do. Um, but I will remind Lions fans, the Jets have the longest streak in the league without be appearing in the playoffs. And with that note, let's quickly pivot to the Lakers.
0: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats,
1: They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Firestone. Test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be.
2: This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
4: I just want to wrap up, Rob, on the Lakers really, really quickly. They finally get a dub. The last team to get off the schneid, uh, beating Denver uh, fairly handily. I don't think it was ever with closer than six in the fourth quarter. Um. Anthony Davis' back is a legitimate problem. Russell Westbrook coming off the bench is sounds like a pretty good solution so far. But the, the key here is, if you guys didn't watch the game, I had it on TV too while sweating the hell out of that Packers um, uh, cover against uh, Buffalo. But So last night I'm watching Russell Westbrook, and he, he played great. Yeah, 18 points, 8 assists, 8 boards, plus 18 in 31 minutes. And, you know, now two games coming off the bench, he's he's performed well. But the thing is, they made three-pointers, right? They made 13 threes. Most they've made this season shot 43% from deep. Kendrick Nunn, I, I tried to tell you guys, his minutes are getting limited because he is being awful in all aspects of the game. He only played three minutes. He made a three. Reeves hit two. Russ hit two. Matt Ryan, yeah, Matt Ryan hit two. Lonnie Walker, my guy, he's the third best player on the team, folks. There's no denying it now. He made three. Pat Bev hit one. LeBron hit two, and my favorite number, guys, Anthony Davis, zero for zero from three. AD finally getting the memo to get his rear end in the paint and stop jacking threes from the perimeter. AD, 23 and 15, didn't get bodied by Jokic this time around. Jokic was good, again, as usual. Jamal Murray was good, but ultimately, Denver didn't play a whole heck of a lot of defense, and the Lakers prevail. Rob seems to think 77-5 and is in play. Um, Last week on the pod, I kind of said they got seven games. This is a brutal stretch. Rob, here's the weird part. When you go big picture, you go macro around the league. I'm going to tell you the NBA teams right now that are under 500, what are we, 15 days, not even 15 days, um, You could say two weeks. We're about two weeks from this. Okay, we'll say two weeks into the season. The following teams are under five hundred: Harden and Embiid, three and four. Miami Heat, who were in the conference finals, I did predict that they would stink this year. They're two and five. The Brooklyn Nets, and we're going to save Kyrie for the middle of the week. I don't have the energy to do it on a Monday morning. I'm not starting with this Kyrie Irving stuff. They're one and five. In the West, Lakers one and five. Clippers, the paperclips, two and four. That bears watching, folks. Kawhi did not play. He was ducking Zion. I had to get that in, Rob. I just did a little jab. And the Golden State Warriors lose to the Hornets and Pistons and are now under five hundred. It's early, Rob. It is I just I'll say it for the 15th time. It's very early. But this is a weird start to the NBA season. I, I don't want to go overboard because, you know, that always ends poorly. But there's some teams that are not that were not expected to be great that are kind of decent. The Knicks are kind of decent guys. My Hawks, four and two, I think they look good. They play the Bucks very tough Saturday night. And yes, even though I watch NFL, college football, I am watching the NBA. And oh, by the way, I've got my list of the top 50 players in college basketball coming out soon because you know what? I like sports a lot. And I have done it for like twelve years in a row now. I'm doing it for Fox. He used to do it for my website. But Rob, in the West, Portland five and one, no Dame, seem all right. Phoenix making me look bad. I did not think they'd be this good. Five and one, Spurs five and two. Rob, I don't know when they start uh, starting to unload players so they get Victor Wembanyama. But the Spurs and Jazz are five and two, and you know they're going to be looking to dump players. They have to, Rob. This is a weird start to the season. Yeah, I think that's an understatement, Um,
3: but I think it it leads to a bigger conversation about the NBA, which we probably don't have time to get to today, but the NBA regular season is meaningless for the most part because not just in NBA locker rooms and on their sidelines, but in the media as a whole, we don't care what you do in the regular season anymore.
4: I mean, we... we
3: that's I'm not harsh. saying you specifically, but as a whole, you can You watch I, games. I, right? I, I do, but in, as right. a whole, James Harden can have a 50 point triple double, and everyone's gonna be like, "Yeah, but you know, in the playoffs, you know, and, you know he sucks." <laughs> Joel Embiid, you know, 25, 20, and seven. Yeah, but you know what happened uh, in Game Six, you know, last year, and he just just gave up against the Heat, and and it's like that's what's going to always be the the conversation with these teams. So it's fair. I, I expected Golden State would start off not start off slow this low, but I didn't expect them to have that good a regular season because to them, they, they don't care where they're seated. They're like, hey, we gotta get Kaminga, Moody, you know, these guys ready to play meaningful minutes in the postseason. So that's what we're gonna do. The Clippers, I don't understand why they don't take the regular season seriously considering they don't actually have any playoff success to hang their hat on. Like they're one of those teams that they should try to be as good as possible, considering they don't have The benefit of the doubt, like the Warriors do, like even the Heat do, like even my freaking Lakers, 77-5 Lakers do. At least we know what it takes with a couple of these guys to win a championship. But as a whole in the NBA, these teams, they don't care. They don't care about seeding anymore. NBA uh, home court doesn't matter like it used to.
4: It's just, it's not a big deal to them. I'll say, the the little I've watched of the Warriors and read, they're really trying to figure out what they have in Wiseman and Kuminga. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to get them like in the rotation, seeing what they work with. Yeah, obviously, for the playoffs, because you're going to need them against Rudy Gobert, Jokic, AD, whoever. And they're just all off to kind of like a clunky start. Clay didn't play against the Pistons. Um, you know, my guy Jordan Poole looked awesome, but... Defensively, he's not he's not doing much. Wiggins kind of sort of returning to earth a little bit, and you know I, I don't, it's just a weird, clunky start. All of a sudden, I see Ty Jerome getting minutes. Moses Moody looks like the one guy who's who's kind of ready. Um, but again, you know they got out. They they look. I know this is gonna sound weird. They look slow compared to Sadiq Bay and Jaden Ivy and Cade Cunningham. Like those guys are bouncy young bucks. And man, I, I don't know. that team was. kind of interesting rob i do want to ask you real quick um you know ah well i don't know if we should burn this late in the pod but this josh primo stuff i'm sure like 18 of our listeners know who that is (laughs) um so the spurs cut him and it was like whoa wait what they just drafted this guy a year ago and i think they picked up an extension or whatever because they had just picked up his option option right and Josh Primo, I've even mentioned him on this podcast. Like, that guy can play. When you watch him, you're like, holy shit, that kid's 19? He has energy for days, and he's long, and he's quick. So they cut him. And then everybody's like, oh, what happened? And there's like dumb rumors floating around. And finally, Ramona Shelbourne reports that he had this habit of exposing himself to women. And so apparently he did it to an employee in San Antonio. And the woman went and lawyered up with, take a guess, Tony Busby, is that his name, right, Yep, Rob? Yep. The guy who represented all the women from Deshaun Watson. And now the Spurs have a Houston Texans type situation on their hands with this Josh Primo mess. And it's like, oh my God. Now, here's the crazy thing, Rob. Kyrie Irving has gone so batty with his press conference Saturday night and his tweets, which he removed, the Nets owner, the Lakers struggles, that this somehow NBA player exposing himself to people in the organization, like, apparently, like, nobody's talking about That's a crazy story. And it's like the 15th rated story uh, uh, in the NBA because Kawhi's not playing and Zion's back. And, oh, but did you hear the Lakers stink? You know, like, I don't know, Rob, I— I found that interesting. I thought I'd bring it up, and and your silence kind of tells me what you think about it.
3: Uh I mean, it, it, <laughs> when I first saw that he was cut, I was like, "What?" Like that that doesn't make any sense. And then when you yeah. find out what happened, my my only big takeaway, because again, I don't think anyone really knows who Josh Primo is, unless you're like a diehard NBA fan. Because number one, he wasn't playing a whole heck of a lot. Number two, he plays for the Spurs, so it's not like it's not a big right? you know, big name. But the thing that really bothered me was. His statement that he put out afterwards, where before we knew what was going on, and he said that um, he wanted to continue to quote uh, mental health treatment more fully. It's like, is that going to be the new go-to response Mm. for anything that you do that is not above board or makes you look like an asshole? Is like, yeah, my mental health is the thing. It's like, dude, get the fuck out of here! Like, your mental health has
4: nothing to do with you whipping your junk out in front of a bunch of women. Like, this is not a good look for the sports. They clearly did not do their homework on this guy. And that they pride themselves on, hey, we're the best at drafting. We unearth all these gems. Like, can, can you imagine though? Like, do, like let's say they did do their homework, and they're like, oh yeah, did you know back in college he had this thing
3: where he just loved to whip his junk out like at the <laughs> lunchroom.
4: Well, the the best one that I've ever heard from any of the, and this is an NFL one from any of the like the coaches or front office people at Fox. I'm not going to say who I heard it from, but the Jags had drafted this guy, this receiver, out of Oklahoma State. His name escapes me. Justin right Blackman. Now. There you go. I think that's it. And he was an awesome college football player. And apparently one team went down there to scout him. And they weren't like following him around, but they found out, oh, every Thursday he goes to this bar and every Monday he goes to this bar. And the scout then went and literally he was, now listen, you're in college, you go to bars. He's in bars three nights a week. When you're a college football player and, you know, obviously Justin Blackman got to the pros, he did not handle getting a lot of money well and had some off the field alcohol related issues. And he was quickly out of the league and it was like a, he was like the seventh pick overall or something insane. And he was just a colossal bust. And some of these teams do their homework and other teams don't. The Spurs pride themselves on getting, getting picks right, especially second rounders. This is a major whiff. This is, I mean, this is bad for the organization. Um, and uh, I don't know. It's just it's very surprising. Uh, uh, and listen, this happens to teams, obviously. Not everybody, like, listen, this happens to media organizations. When they hire somebody, they don't know what these guys are like. Um, it, 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 you know, I, I know guys who are uh, are hiring and for their job, whether it's accounting or finance or real estate or whatever, and I'll I'll toss out a name and they'll be like, well, what's this guy about? You know, and and then I'll think about it. I'll be like, you know, shit. I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't. I mean, I I know him as a good dude. I, I know he's a family guy and good with his kids, but I, yeah, that's a good question. Like, I've never spent that much time with him. You know, you don't really know people. And and this is a sad story, and hopefully Prumo gets his act together. But um we've gone a very long for a Monday morning. We'll be back tomorrow. Um I'll just mention on the best bet I have the Browns in the contest. Jamar Chase is out. I think Cleveland keeps this close at home on Halloween. I don't know how much I'll watch given the festivities tonight. Everybody have a safe Halloween. Inspect your kids' candy. I think I'm supposed to say that. And uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow.
0: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, And the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions.
1: I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico.